The following is a message from Wellsprings Congregation. Oh, good morning, everyone. It's a sleepy morning, isn't it? <laughs> We're all on probably at least one hour. What did I do to my cord? There we go. We're all on probably at least one hour less of sleep than usual. It's winter all of a sudden again. When did that happen? And so I'd like to actually do something that I think fits our mood this morning to open my message, which is read to you for a minute. And I want to invite everybody, you know, we are a small crew today, so our musicians, our tech volunteers, Carl in the back room, he can hear me, I can't see him, but I know he's there, to just rest for a moment. Some of you come here with a role to play, but... How often do we get to be read to as adults? This reflection I want to share is from a clergy colleague of mine. He's one of those colleagues that we call sort of a minister's minister. He's really well respected by all of us in UU ministry, and he is retiring this year from his role as senior minister at Oak Ridge UU Church which is just outside Knoxville, Tennessee. That's him on the left. It's a picture from their website. Reverend Jake Morrill. And as Jake moves closer to his retirement, he started a newsletter where he shares reflections and thoughts like this with his colleagues. So here are Jake's words from this week. A few months ago, the faucet in the hallway bathroom sink at my house stopped working. Now, when you hear that a faucet has stopped working, you might be imagining that no water is coming out anymore. And sometimes that's the case. But in this instance, our broken faucet just wouldn't turn off. What began one day as a drip, drip, drip turned into a small stream and then a constant flow. Now, as someone raised not to waste water, it was unnerving to me to watch all of that unused water running free until the plumber arrived. And it occurred to me as I noticed that feeling that a person can be a lot like a broken faucet. When a person isn't functioning very well, we often imagine someone who has stopped, someone who has stopped performing basic tasks, someone who is hiding away from challenges and responsibilities and relationships, like a faucet that has stopped conducting water. And sometimes that's the case. But like a faucet that won't stop running, a person whose functioning has broken down can also appear to be in constant motion, chasing this and that, overwhelmed by effort, engaged with responsibilities at all hours, unable to turn it off. This week... As I watched my broken faucet 
this week marked also the second anniversary of a moment we all remember when the United States began to shut down in response to COVID-19. It has been a complex time with multiple waves of complexity. In addition to illness and death and the pervasive shadow of these, over our daily lives, our patterns of functioning also changed in relationship to work and to each other. They were fundamentally altered. And for some, this brought opportunity. For others, crushing challenge. Different people have had different experiences through the two years of COVID so far. So I'm wary to speak in terms of always and never or everyone and no one. But I will say that chronic anxiety has a corrosive effect. Contending with uncertainty over the long haul can wear away even the most well-defined and best-functioning lives. I've seen many people become like a faucet that won't stop running. Well-meaning, hard-working people who have surrendered to the pressure and expectation of duty under stress. And now new stressors have arrived. The war in Ukraine with its threat to global democracy. If circumstances can be expected to be rife with this uncertainty for the long haul, then at some point running without stopping like a broken faucet is unsustainable. So maybe this week, maybe this two-year anniversary, is a good time to take some time aside from your projects and your responsibilities to come back to some basic questions that can help you respond thoughtfully to whatever challenges might be arising in the months ahead. Questions like, what is your understanding of your purpose? What is the gift that you can bring? And what is the gift that others can bring, which you are unwilling or unable to bring? May your mindfulness and your clarity help you rise to each moment ahead, responding in the way that you intend to respond. Running like a broken faucet. Did that resonate for anyone, I wonder? A couple people. I responded to this note, this reflection from Jake, not only because it paints such a good picture of how some of us might feel the pouring out and the energy that it took over these past two years to adjust, to take in everything that is happening in this world still. I responded because it is a story about resignation. And it's also a story about integration. Jake's faucet, turns out, needed a new rubber washer. 
a rubber washer stops the water flow so that you can control it with the handle. But with time and use and decay, it's just a part that eventually wears down. The rubber washer resigned spectacularly in Jake's story. And so it is a story about things that end and can no longer perform their role, but it's also a story about repair. And about repair through integration. Resignation and integration are two sides of the same coin because when something ends or leaves or quits, there has to be a renegotiation of all of the different parts around it to bring about that repair. In Jake's story, there was him, the homeowner who notices the problem in the first place. There's the water company that keeps the H2O flowing through those pipes. There's the internet service provider that helps Jake be able to Google and research and find a plumber to call. There's the plumber who has the skill and knowledge to assess and repair the problem. The suppliers who make sure that the plumber has the tools and the parts that he needs. There's even Jake's congregation who give generously so he can earn a salary to pay the plumber for his work. Resignations are an ending, but they are also always one step in this larger process, this bigger picture. And as we grieve what is lost, we can also accept the invitation to the new integration that it opens space for, the rearranging of roles, the shifting of priorities, and the renegotiation of something new. And yet, we often want to rush it. We see the emergency of the water flowing out of the faucet, and we think it needs to stop right now. But like so many things in life, it takes more time than we think. Repair takes time and care and patience. More time and care and patience sometimes than we think it will. Time to take stock of the changes that have been brought on in each of our lives by the past few years, even if they're not external, the internal responses that we have had to what's been lost or destroyed, to what needs to be rebuilt and what our role might be as we move forward with these pieces around us. This idea of a great resignation, it's a phrase that you've probably heard if you've read anything in the news media over the last year. We started hearing it last spring, April 2021, just about a year ago, just as vaccines were becoming available to the general public. That was the month that a record 4 million Americans in one month quit their jobs. Since then, about 33 million Americans have quit their jobs. That's about 10% of the American population, of the whole American population, not just the working population. And some of us have lived this shift ourselves. Yeah, Julie, I was going to say, I'm curious if any of you count yourself as part of the great resignation. Maybe you have left a job or retired. Maybe you've moved in the last two years, ended a relationship, gained a child, made some big life change since March 2020. 
If you're watching online in the chat, let us know. Do you feel like you're part of this? And it's interesting, you might have made a change, but you might not see it as part of the pandemic, right? Because our lives are more complex than that. There's a lot more moving parts. I made a big change in the last two years, and at first I didn't think of myself as making that change as part of the pandemic, but I moved last summer. I moved from a city that I had called home for 10 years. And while the seeds of that decision were planted before 2020, there was absolutely something about the pandemic experience that pushed me to take that final step. These last few years have been isolating and fragmented. We are all still doing things that we never imagined two years and a few days ago would become part of our daily lives. And things are shifting and changing again, which is exactly the time that some of this stuff comes up for us. And we start to notice what's missing and what we want to bring back into our lives, what we want to create now with what's here still. For me, it was that isolation, that fragmentation, that feeling that we were pulling apart at the seams as a society that made me want to be in one place to move where my ministry was and to be totally here, more fully a part of one community and not split my life between two places, between work and home anymore. There's a wonderful article that our spiritual development ministry found. I'm looking at Deb, who's on it. It's in the resource guide for this series. It's available on our website. And it's from Fortune magazine, of all places. It has a very unfortune magazine central idea This idea that these resignations and the changes people are making are not really about work. They're about people starting to see work as part of this bigger picture in their lives. They actually talk about that phrase, work-life balance. And they say, what's happening here is a renegotiation of that phrase to life-work balance. People are downgrading work. They want to see it as one smaller part in the mix of that integrated whole. And so they're making different choices so that they can put their lives first. And doing that doesn't mean coming up with more energy to do more in life, right? To work hard and play hard. It's not about pouring more energy down the drain and running the faucet even harder. It means taking a step back to see that bigger picture, to see the plumber and the parts supplier and the water company and the congregation and consider our relationship to all of it and consider what we want not just to leave behind but to move toward. This takes time. I can't give it to you in a sermon. And in fact, I wanted to take advantage of this time when we are still meeting in a relatively small group to give you all a chance to do something you haven't been able to do here for a long time, just to talk with each other, to reflect on this sentence, the sentence that's part of our message series description this season in the context of this great resignation and the reintegration We say it makes sense that in times of change, people change too. 
makes sense that in times of change, people change too. And so I'm going to invite all of us this morning to take some time here to consider how you have changed and how you're changing over these past two years. I'm going to invite Harry and Andy to come up on stage. They're going to play a little background music so it's not too quiet in here. And as they do, for the next five minutes, I'm going to invite each of you to find someone in the room to connect with. Pull your chairs up to another pod. If there's someone that looks by themselves who needs a friend, remember, be friendly, invite them in. Mix it up if you don't want to talk to your own family members, that's fine. If you're online at home, perhaps you can talk to somebody in your house, or perhaps you want to share in the chat with everyone. But just pull your chair up to another pod and take each of you about half of these next five minutes to answer this question. The question on the screen. (laughs) How have you changed? How have you changed in these past two years? And if any of you are introverts who are panicking right now, and I just invited you to your worst nightmare, or if you just feel the need to be quiet right now, there are also blank journals for you. There's a stack of them over there by Chris behind Teresa. There's a stack of them on the heater, and there's pens. So if you want to take this time to connect with yourself and reflect quietly on that question, please come up and grab one, pass them around, and write some thoughts to yourself. Thank you. So how have you changed these past two years? And how are you changing now?
Take about 30 seconds. Start to wind down your conversation. Time goes fast. goes fast when we're sharing. And I know that so many of us have missed this. I hate to break you up. Thank you all. I hope that this experience, this chance to connect filled you up a little bit, whether you were connecting here with your neighbors or just with yourself over these past few minutes. But I'll invite us all now to close this morning as we began just by listening to some words offered in the spirit of prayer. God of our hearts, spirit of this life and this love and these connections that we've been given, Help us remember to take time. Help us remember that there is no magic amount of time we are supposed to need to heal, to repair, to find our way. Help us remember that it is okay if it takes as long as it takes. We are living in a moment in history that has brought loss and change. But we are also here this morning, and we are part of a bigger picture. And so help us remember that this is what it really looks like. It is slow and unhurried work.
to weave something back together, to make something whole again. In these days ahead, may we be willing to grant ourselves that grace of more than we think we need. And may you, mysterious giver of our lives, may you supply that grace as we need it from all the different sources that are around us. For these prayers that I've spoken and for the prayers that all of us are carrying on our hearts this morning, we say amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.